Hello, Ian, Malaysia. My name is Brett. I am pastor of Grace Covenant Church in Chantilly, Virginia, United States of America. And Pastor Timothy Lowe has asked me to um, assist in the process of communication with you all and presenting truth on the basis of Father's Day. Um, and so I'm going to present to you a, a word that I think will help not only dads, but help sons and daughters. I want to thank Pastor Timothy Lowe for the opportunity he's given me, and I want to commend him on his ministry and commend him to you on his ministry. You, as a people, are really blessed to be able to have him as yours. There are not many folks that have the opportunity to live under the shepherding of good leadership, and you do. Make sure you never take it for granted. Pray for him and his family on a regular basis. Bless them on their birthday anniversaries. Do things for them that let them know how much you love and appreciate them as God's gift to you. Because they are outstanding human beings. Turn with me over to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 1 through 9. Proverbs chapter 4. 1 through 9, the title of the message is, Daddy Used to Say. Daddy Used to Say. Solomon is writing, and he says, Hear, O sons, the instruction of a father, and give attention that you may gain, you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother, Verse 4, then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget or turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse 6, do not forsake her and she will be a guard to you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. And with all your acquiring, get understanding. Verse 8. Prize her, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head, verse 9, a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Lord, help us as we study your word. Three things in this passage I want to talk to you about. What you need to guard, what you need to gain, and what you need to grow. What you need to guard what you need to gain, and what you need to grow. The interesting thing about this passage is that Solomon is writing about what his dad taught him. Now, we know Solomon is famous for his wisdom, arguably the wisest person who has ever lived other than Christ. People would come from hundreds of miles away just to listen to his counsel, just to be a fly on the wall in his court. And watch God just give answers to unanswerable problems through this man's knowledge and understanding. It was astounding. So wise with, with Solomon that the queen of Sheba came from the south. Sheba was representative today of what we would call the nation of Ethiopia or uh, Somalia, someplace in northern, northeastern Africa. And she came and she wanted to hear what Solomon had to say because his renown had spread throughout the entire known world. And when she came, she brought 100 talents of gold. 
100 talents just to say hello. 100 talents of gold. A talent was 100 pounds of anything. So this woman brought 100, 100 pounds of gold. Now, any of you who are involved in finance know what the price of gold is today. Somewhere, somewhere north of $1,900 an ounce. I don't know what it was then, but I think it's safe to say she brought a fortune just to say, can I listen to you? Now, all of us might have wisdom. Pastor Timothy has more than most. But I dare say nobody's come to his door with 100, 100 pounds of gold and say, can I just have a conversation? <laughs> and nobody's done it for me. This was Solomon. As great as your pastor is, Solomon had this on his life. Wow. But here we see from chapter 4 through chapter 9 where he got his wisdom. Now, there's no question that God gave it to him. It, there, was a, there was a bestowing, a bequeathing of wisdom from God directly to Solomon. But there was also the laying of a foundation whereby that, that wisdom could be received. There was a bowl created of understanding and familial connection that allowed for it not to spill out, but be captured. And Solomon gives credit. He says, these are things my daddy taught me. We give David a whole lot of credit for slaying Goliath, having the heart of God, being a king like no other, ruling well, being a shepherd. But we don't give him a whole lot of credit for his parenting. And indeed, he didn't do some things right, especially with his adult children. He had some real casualties in that. But he learned some things, and he became a really good parent in his old age. Not saying he was bad before, but wow with Solomon. And so Solomon here begins to talk about what his daddy taught him in laying the foundation for the gift God wanted to put on the inside of Solomon that would benefit the entire world and indeed generations to come. Dads, what are you doing to lay the foundation of greatness for your children? I beg you work at it. All of us are responsible, Christian, non-Christian, to provide for our children food, clothing, education, a sense of protectiveness and security in which they can grow. That's our job. But simply because you do that doesn't mean you've done all you should do. What are you doing to provide the environment so that when God begins to pour out his goodness on your child in a way that allows them to be distinct from every other human being on the planet. That stuff that he pours in doesn't spill out. It's captured. What are you doing, Dad? David did it so well that Solomon wrote from chapter 4 all the way through chapter 9. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. All on what his daddy taught him. And the amazing thing is, I mean, we read his, his scripture with, with a reverence, as we should. It's, it's God's word to us. But in the passages I read to you, Solomon did not reference God. He said, these are things my daddy taught me. And he said, do this. If you do it, you'll be good. And God thought whatever daddy taught Solomon, David taught Solomon, God thought that was so important. He said, I'm going to put this in my Bible so that daddies know what they ought to do 
when it comes to raising their babies. How they ought to be. And listen, it's not just that David was smart. It's that when David spoke, God was speaking through him to such a degree that it sounded like to Solomon, God was speaking when David was speaking. Are you listening? Daddies, does your voice sound like the voice of God when you talk to your kids? I'm not talking about decibels. I'm not talking about with religious flair. I'm talking about with authority and information. Are you sharing the kinds of things that don't just pop into your head, but that you've actually lived? Children can sniff hypocrisy. They smell it. Gosh, daddy's telling me to do this, but he doesn't do it. I know I need to obey, but I'd like to see an example. And they never say these things, but they think them on the inside. Daddy, how is the word being cultivated in your life to such a degree that when you speak, it sounds like God? All that you say, all that you do is contextualized within Scripture so that, gosh, when your children hear you, they really hear God. That there's no separation between you and him. I, I can't. I can't tell you how many mistakes I've made in parenting. The reason I can't is because they are so many. <laughs> Boy, have I blown it royally. And I've got seven. So I had a lot of opportunity to blow it. Seven times with all the people I've had in my... I have made many bad decisions. I have been more angry than I should have. I've been more frustrated with my kids than I should have. I've responded poorly to their mistakes. I have made so many bad decisions. So there's nothing about me that is speaking from a place of perfection. I am a flawed dad, flawed father. But one thing I had going for me, one, because I didn't grow up in a home that was, was fully Christian. It was nominally Christian. My dad never went to church. My mother drug us to church, but she didn't know our Bible very well. I am grateful for the environment in which I grew up. I am really happy. No complaint. Perfect parents for Brett to be created in such a way that God could then do what he needed to do. So I'm happy. But there's nothing about my background that would prepare me to be a great dad. Nothing. And so I had to learn on the fly. Which makes me say to my eldest children, my first and second... Not so much my third because I, I figured it out more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, please forgive me. I, I was 26. I had no clue. No clue. It's amazing that God gives us the most precious things on the planet. Things that we have to steward and care for. And they don't come with a manual. And he gives them to people that are completely incompetent. First-time parents have no clue. None. But we're supposed to figure it out. And our, our firstborns and secondborns become guinea pigs. They are our, our experiments. And if you keep having kids, by the time you get to number seven like ours, you get pretty good at it then. You're still not perfect, but you get better. And my voice sounded much more like God to my baby boy than it did to my eldest. And I wish I could change that. I wish I could change that. I was never abusive. I was never a father that flew off the handle. 
I just didn't know what I was doing. But David figured it out. He may not have gotten it right with Absalom, Adonijah, Amnon. But he got it right with Solomon. So much so that Solomon said, I'm going to write down everything you say, Daddy. And I'm not going to forget it. He said, the first thing you need to do, you need to get some, get some, some, some wisdom. And when you find it, hold on to it. You don't let it go. Trust it. There's some things you keep. And when you get good information about what it means to be a, a really good Christian, you hold on to that. Because a good Christian will make a great everything else. Dads, listen to me. Parenting children is more about you growing up than your child. I know we want our children to grow up well. But if you grow up in God faster than they grow up to be adults, they'll be better human beings because they got a better dad. And the best way you can grow up is to become a better Christian every day. Find wisdom and understanding and hold on to it. Do not let it go. David said to him, make sure you make these your best friends. Now, what is the difference between wisdom and understanding? There are three things that help us increase our intellect. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge is just information. It's the gathering of facts. Understanding is putting those facts in order whereby they make sense to you. And now you can understand what the facts mean. Wisdom is then applying that understanding so that you can make good decisions. Here in America, a lot of people smoke less than used to, which is good, but a lot still do. And there are commercials, TV, radio, internet to say how bad smoking is for you and it is horrible destroys your body they give all the facts about what it does people understand what that means for them but they still don't make good decisions regarding the, their understanding the goal of maturity the pathway of maturity is getting the facts as many as you can making them make sense and then making a good decision on the basis of it. That's why David says, when you get your understanding, make sure wisdom is a partner to you in that. So you can make a good decision and you hold on to it for the rest of your days. You keep it. You don't let it go. It will, it will, it will be a garland, a, a, a wreath on your head. It'll be a garland around your neck. It will help you. Hold on to it. And dads, you've got to get it before you can give it. If you do not have the kind of understanding that comes from the facts that leads you to wisdom to make good decisions, then your children will never be able to benefit in a way that allows them to see the process that helps them make good decisions. Now, it doesn't mean that they will always make good decisions when you help them make good decisions. Our kids will grow up and have to be uh, more, uh, individual moral agents on their own. But it does mean that you've laid the foundation that even if they do make bad decisions, they know what it means to get back to the good decision, which is when you make a bad decision, repent <laughs> and come back and start over. That's great. That's great. You don't want them to have to do it a whole lot, but when they have to, you want to make sure they've got the, the right uh, information to make those kind of decisions. But you've got to have it first. 
I beg you, live a wise life. Do what you can to gain understanding about all of life, not just Bible, but all of life, so that you can be somebody who speaks to how medicine applies to, to people in a biblical way, how science applies to people in a biblical way, how literature applies to people in a biblical way, looking at history through God's eyes so that you can help your children have a biblical view of life. And then they don't have to think that Christianity is irrelevant. It doesn't make any sense in the rest of the world. Acquire knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And as I close, he says here, you need to grow some things. Number one, you need to grow an under, understanding of what it means to develop a good memory. Get a, get a good memory. David told Solomon, don't forget these things. Teach your children to remember. 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 Which means you got to tell them over and 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 over again. We'd have devotions in our home every night. Um, all of our kids would gather around and each of them would have to share whatever they learned either in their Sunday children's church or in their devotionals in their homeschooling. And uh, maybe something that God did or how they prayed and God answered a prayer. They'd have to share publicly with all of us in the room so they learned how to speak uh, in public. Mom would share some things. I'd share a devotional from scripture that was children oriented. So it was fun. I made it on their level. And then we pray for a family member or something that was going on in the church or an extended family member. It was a great time. It took no more than 15 to 20 minutes, but the children enjoyed that. And what was it? A time for me to create memories in their life about what it meant to apply the word and how the word of God helped family be better, how it helped us connect. And it allowed them to know their God better. They heard daddy pray. They heard mama pray. They learned how to communicate with the father. I made a relationship with God relevant, important to them. Memories were captured. I also did, uh, when they went to bed, I traveled a lot. But when I was home, I'd, I'd share stories with them individually. Make up stories, just not only Bible stories, but things about me. I, 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 I was a superhero to them that I made up. I was called the Black Tornado. Mm -hmm. And Superman had nothing on me. I would swoop in and save the day all the time. <laughs> uh, and then I'd sing him to sleep every night with a song of worship. Memories. Don't forget. Dad, you've got to create things that allow your children to remember how important it is to connect with God. And then you got you to help them remember what the right direction is because they need to grow a compass on the inside of them. A due north so that when they stray, they know it. I know everybody strays. You, me, our kids are going to stray. But at least when we stray, we know we're going wrong. And there's something on the inside of us that continues to point north. David says, when you get this wisdom and insight, it will give you direction. Solomon got this. He remembered everything his daddy told him. Why? Because his daddy told him over and over and over and over and over again. Dads, keep doing it in different ways. You don't have to say the same thing the same way. Just keep doing it over and over through your life, through song, through teaching, through familial contact, through church, through Sundays. Whatever is happening ought to be able to interp be interpreted through biblical uh, uh, precedent so that they understand God is in everything. They need to grow a memory and they need to grow a really good sense of direction. Dads, 
If you do these basic things, and there's so much more I could share about parenting, but if you do these basic things, maybe your kids will write a book and entitle it, Things My Daddy Taught Me. Let's pray. Daddy, I love you. Thank you so much for your goodness to us. You're the best. I'm asking you to inspire everybody who's listening to me tonight to be a better dad. Thank you for being who you are and giving us an example about what that looks like. Bless the Malaysian church. Bless Pastor Timothy. And bless the community around them that needs to know what it means to be a good dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Love you much. You're the absolute best. I hope I get to see you soon.